0: Welcome to Health Professionals Outside the Box podcast. In this series, I'll be talking to health professionals who've leveraged their professional skills to pursue alternative income sources, alternative careers, and entrepreneurship. We will gain insight into their motivations, experiences, and challenges, and learn how we too can carve our own path to finding purpose, fulfillment, and financial freedom. I'm your host, Fee. Thank you for listening welcome back to this episode of the podcast i have today natasha Ikonomu. she's a physiotherapist and head of operations for indigo volunteers tas welcome hi Thee. hey (laughs) nice to have you (laughs) So tell us about yourself and your professional background.
1: Yeah. Hi, my name is Tass. I, um, I'm a physiotherapist by background. I studied to be a physiotherapist and now I work for a charity called Indigo Volunteers, which are an international volunteer charity. And I work there as head of operations.
0: What made you choose physio as a career early on? Mm. Um, so
1: actually, I had a, I had back pain when I was 14 went to a physiotherapist and she was yeah I was just so inspired by her you know when you're a teenager and you are inspired by um many things she was able to look at me and tell me exactly what was wrong with me and I just thought wow that's really cool um she's got x-ray vision. I want x-ray <laughs> vision. <laughs> so um, yeah, and then I just studied to be a, a physio. So by the age of 21, I was working on the busy NHS wards. Um, and yeah, that's what inspired me.
0: Okay, did you ever work? Did you do the rotations? Or did you stay mm. in one, one department?
1: Yeah, I, I always have itchy feet. So I went from um yeah trust different trusts because I just wanted to get as much experience as possible my my goal was to become a pediatric physiotherapist so I did some rotations in acute hospitals in the community um and then eventually um trained to be a pediatric physiotherapist and that's kind of where I um yeah that's kind of where it then led me into more the charity sector charity world
0: how long had you worked as a physio before transitioning to a charity
1: um so well yeah I trained as a physiotherapist so that was it's a vocational course so by the age of 21 I was I was a physio Mm. Um, and what was happening was I I was basically I was really making quite difficult decisions about people's health cares and futures Mm. Um, I felt quite out of my my depth, but you know, I had this goal to be a pediatric physio. Um and I, after I gained the right right skills to be able to achieve that, I wanted to use my skills out of the comfort of the UK um healthcare system. Mm. So that's when I looked to volunteer abroad and that's when I found Indigo volunteers. and so, yeah, they were doing something very different in the voluntary sector. They were changing the, the narrative of international volunteering being a, um, an exotic experience and matching skilled professionals with small organisations around the world. And they required a paediatric physio, physiotherapist um uh, so in 2014 I volunteered in a children's home in Rwanda doing an intense in, doing intense rehab with two of the children there mm. um and how long did you just, do that for just three months it felt like a lot longer um I did go back uh, a few times and um yeah I still mm. I still Keeping very close contact with with two of the children, Um oh, that's nice. yeah, yeah, they're amazing. What and what, what sort very... of
0: dif- differences did you notice, like um, between the care in Rwanda and the care that paediatric services um, do offer here in the UK?
1: Yeah, huge, huge mm. differences. Um, Jean Paul, who was um, the main um, the main child, I was I was helping, I was rehabbing he um, had cerebral palsy and was only only had use of one arm Um, and um, if he was in the UK in the UK health healthcare system he would have been able to um, potentially walk and talk and he wasn't able to do that Um, but he does lead a a healthy life at the moment which is which is great and one of the ladies who works for who worked in the in the children's home is now adopted him and we um me and my my family and my friends we support her to to um to take care of him still um so that was in 2014 so yeah so Mm -hmm. that's the
0: Wow, so is that where your desire to work for a charity stemmed from then?
1: I guess I didn't have a desire to work for a charity as such, but mm. just the desire to use the privilege I had to do social good and I guess it was it was arena um who is now arena who's one of the children who is now an incredibly inspiring intelligent young woman who goes who who goes to university now and Jean-Paul who taught me so much about myself and the world and made me realize just the immense privilege I have um, and the luck to be born into a loving family in a safe country Mm. and I guess my desire stemmed from from them Um, and in then it continued really I, I, you know, I, I went back a few times to, to 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 see how else I could could help Arena and Jean Paul, and and then in 2015, the period of the um, the European refugee crisis started, where over one million people were making dangerous journeys and still making dangerous journeys to seek safety from war and persecution, and it was obviously all over the news. And that was in 2015. And, um, and it was Holly, the founder of Indigo Volunteers, who then moved to Greece at the end of 2016 to coordinate volunteers. And then I went to volunteer in Greece and became incredibly inspired by the people there. Mm. Um, and in 2017, it was Holly that gave me the opportunity to manage the, um, the then community development branch of the charity which um which was where um where we were sending well helping to connect volunteers with small organizations around the world while she was developing a new branch of of indigo which was focused on supporting grassroots organizations who were serving refugees and migrants within greece Mm -hmm. and so now four years on our focus is now, only in Europe, um, where we support 50 organisations with volunteers and training and psycho- psychosocial support.
0: Mm, that's very interesting. So, you know, when you were in Greece, had you stopped working as a physio or did you continue your work there as a physio alongside the charity?
1: So I still work as, as a physio. I, I've, I've, I've kept up my skills throughout the whole tran- transition of going from um a physio to um head of operations where I am now because I I still love being a physio. I, I, I really, really enjoy it still. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was still I was I had the I had a transition of um working quite a few jobs. Um and um, I locumed for a bit um for maybe a year and a half doing different jobs um full-time part-time Mm. Um, private work Um, yeah I I guess at that stage of my career as a physio I was confident enough to be able to have the right skills that I was able to yeah go into different sectors so it might have been Mm. in the community or um, pediatric physio yeah or on the
0: wall. What skills Mm. do you think you've been able to transfer from your physio role to what you're doing now?
1: I guess you can learn any skill and find a way to fit it and influence your behavior in whatever situation you're in. Right. Um, and I guess especially within physio, it's are uh, the um, interpersonal skills that you develop within healthcare, such as communicating, Um, in a team and listening collaborating with others being adaptive and thinking um, like quickly on your feet are all skills I've taken from working in really stressful busy hospitals clinics and in the community Um, and I guess I've been able to yeah transfer those those skills into my personal and, Mm -hmm. and work life as well yeah
0: How did your family and colleagues react to your decision to change?
1: I'm not sure. I'd like to ask my my parents what they thought. I mean, they were probably quite worried for me (laughs) uh, because I just like flew with it. But uh, my friends, but everyone was my my friends were were really
0: supportive. That's good. Um,
1: Yeah, everyone. Everyone has been really supportive. Yeah. Um, Did you have any
0: feelings of guilt? Because I've heard some health professionals who've you know, gone from a clinical role to a non-clinical role or to a completely different um, career. I've heard them talking about the feelings of guilt, guilt about leaving the profession. Can you relate to that at all? Mm,
1: I think where, yeah, maybe because where I was, I, I i think guilt, maybe not, but maybe just fear, just mm-hmm. fear that um, I was doing the right thing or was this the right Um, path for me to take or would I be able to go back you know like once once you've stopped being a physio um will you be able to go back and I've had those trying moments where um I haven't done a shift for maybe three months and then I've gone back into the hospital and I'm so overwhelmed Mm. I don't know where anything is and I don't even know how to write medical notes anymore people are giving me handovers and i'm like what what's what's bp again you know so <laughs> i've i've realized that i yeah i need to make sure that i'm keeping up my skills so every month i i do a shift in order to keep keep those skills up
0: yeah so you're doing one shift a month
1: yeah at a minimum mm, mm. At a minimum. Okay. yeah
0: I guess you've answered my next uh, question. I was going to ask what were some of the trying moments that you faced um, Mm. before you made the full transition?
1: Uh, Yeah, I guess the not realising I was transitioning until I was just kind of going with the flow. Mm. And that can can take you away sometimes because you don't realise that it's it's happening to you until it's happening. And it pushed me out of my comfort zone, um, unsurfaced, a lot of my insecurities, all of my insecurities, mm. and when you train in, in a particular profession, you know your stuff, right? You it comes second nature to you. You know, I had those X-ray vision, the uh, X-ray goggles, um, and then you're faced with Excel spreadsheets <laughs> and, and marketing campaigns, and you 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 have to have words with yourself because the inner critic comes along and telling you that you're not good enough and you can't do it um and I've yeah that's that's trying and that's the trying moment even even now mm. um but because Indigo is a really young charity and re- really dynamic we're all kind of learning together and supporting one another and and making it work so it's yeah it's it's been a nice journey for me
0: See anything that you do to fight yeah, that fear. Well, God, I do everything and I'm I'm still struggling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I meditate every day, I journal, um, I exercise. Um, but you know, just like everybody, we we need it's, it's a practice, right? We we just need to keep, you know, we need to keep at those practices of meditating and exercising and eating properly you know like mm. food is, is a huge one because you know we process most of our emotions by eating mm. um, and so you know making sure that I don't have rich tea biscuits in the house because I will eat them all um <laughs> you know so yeah I think it's men- mentally me- mental health is so important especially now you know mm. especially um with lockdown and you know having the, having a desk job where you're working from home oh my god I loved going into the hospital I was like yes I get to go outside I get to mm. talk to other people um and yeah I kind of miss those interactions I miss those interactions that normal hospital life where you you're on a ward and you can say hi to somebody even yeah. though we've got all face masks on you can still see people's smiles and people are talking to you like your normal human and they're respecting you rather than you know everything's behind a a screen all the time so yeah Mm, that's. mm.
0: I think it's made us really reflect on the connections that we have Mm -hmm. don't we and the social networks I think we appreciate them a lot more now definitely. definitely and I've spoken to a few people in the past who've had an interest in working for charities but one of the main reasons I hear holds them back is uh, that the differences in the pay scale scales. Uh, is this something you considered, and how did you prepare financially for that change?
1: For many people, career change means a possible pay cut, and especially within the charity sector. I, you know, I realize I'm I'm speaking from a very privileged place mm-hmm. by even being able to transition to another sector especially a low paying sector like the charity world where most of the time you have to volunteer first in order to get the experience you need in Mm -hmm. order to in order to get a paid job and that's the same within within the grassroots sector that that we're in Um, you know I had to volunteer a lot of my time first and um, not get paid very well first um, but I had a few revenue streams as such I worked um at a private hospital when I was away I did a lot of le- letting out my flat on Airbnb which All was right. really great yeah um, I worked with my friend on a startup and I also cut my outgoings by a lot um, because whilst I couldn't fully control what I earned I could control what I spent um, That's right. And so that that really that really helped me. Um, and and it's also really it's really good because we shouldn't put all of our eggs in one basket. We shouldn't put all of our um, you know counting on just one thing yeah. to, to to keep us afloat. Um, so it means that you you do have to be a bit creative with with you know like letting my flat out on Airbnb again coming from a pre- privileged place to even be able to do that Um, so yeah I can fully understand how how people would find that transition difficult Um, and it's not it's not a fair it's not a fair sector you know it's 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 not because you have to volunteer first and most people can't do that and so if you want to go into the charity sector there's there's not that many opportunities for people who aren't able to afford that, unfortunately. Tell us a bit
0: about the charity.
1: Indigo Volunteers is an international voluntary charity that supports grassroots organisations who are dedicated in serving people seeking safety um, in this sense, refugees and migrants into Europe. Our partners work along borders in refugee camps um, and in cities where they provide basic needs such as food, clothing, education, and and healthcare. Um, We partner with 50 organisations, mainly in Greece, but also in France, Bosnia, and Serbia. And we help them by connecting them with skill-matched volunteers. We share professional resources with them, um, facilitate psychosocial sessions, and also training on various humanitarian topics they they require such as children safeguarding or first aid or understanding migration law and so in a way lifting up an under-resourced underfunded grassroots mm. sex. and so Indigo was actually started by um, our founder Holly Penelva who set to change the narrative of international volunteering from a, an, a holiday an exotic experience to a more responsible voluntary sector and so there are hundreds of voluntary um, agencies out there that charge large amounts of money for packages to volunteer abroad in distant countries and this Mm. and why this is a problem is that it focuses on just the volunteer experience rather than the communities that they serve and it also takes away like the core purpose of what volunteering which is just humans helping each other and so indigo is 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 very unique because we prioritize the needs of our partners over the needs of volunteers so for example if a doctor is needed in france urgently but the volunteer is desperate to go on a two-week holiday in greece afterwards uh, we would only suggest them a health project in france so we direct people to where the need is 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 needed the most. That's Indigo in a nutshell.
0: What do you yeah, find most know. fulfilling though about your current your your role?
1: You know, I guess the most fulfilling part of my role is hearing the impacts that we have um, so when we get the testimonials from volunteers from our partners that we have been able to make. Really strong connections with with people that have been able to, um, you know, we we they some 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 of our partners maybe wouldn't have been able to um, to run a health uh, a health clinic if it wasn't for the volunteers that we provide to them, um, and so hearing hearing the the volunteer stories as well where people um, go to volunteer. And then they um, start up their own organization, or they um, reevaluate you know we had a testimonial about I came back from volunteering and completely re reevaluated re- my own values, and now I work for a social enterprise you know when you hear where you know it changes people's mindsets, it changes people's behaviors mm. um, that um and And also, just the fact that we have this influence on the voluntary sector, um, and we so we we focus on encouraging people to educate themselves before volunteering
0: mm. question
1: their intentions, and we're also big advocates for uh, <clears throat> psychosocial support for volunteers and have established a network of therapists that provide therapy sessions to volunteers completely pro bono. Um, which means that they avoid, to try and avoid burnout and to be able to create a sector where mental health is prioritised.
0: Mm. We often hear people advise us to follow our passions. Do you think Do you think passion alone is enough for making a career change? Yeah, yeah. have
1: you heard of um, the Japanese word ikigai? So it means, yes. yeah, yes. Yeah. So I read this book about there's, I, I can't remember it completely, but there's different circles and it's what you, what you love, what you can get paid for, what, um, what, your, what's your passion. And then in the middle is your, is this icky guy mm. where you, um, where you, you're getting paid for something that you love to do. And it's also your passion, but they always advise that you can't just you not, you can't, but don't put all your eggs in one basket because if you just go with your passion then mm. it can be a detriment to your to yourself to your own mental health because if it doesn't if it doesn't if it's not a, if it's not a success yeah. then haven't necessarily got anything to completely put,
0: um like fall back fall back on exactly mm. exactly yeah um I think
1: that's important
0: so reflecting on your journey to date or your overall professional experience, was there anything that you think you could have done differently?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess it's it's good to reflect, right? And it's you know when people say that you know I, I don't regret anything in in life or or that, I think it's I think it's it's different to saying I don't regret anything, but actually just reflecting on what you could have done differently is is a really nice way of putting it because when you're in it you can't fully see the the cracks and I think taking more courses and figuring out what skills maybe I needed for my role and asking for support um, was is probably something that I would have done differently um so maybe taking it maybe a bit more slower than I did because it's been a fast four years um and i mean i still love it uh, which is which is great but but you know seeing what what skills i'm i'm lacking and trying to figure out how i can how i can um upskill myself and be be better
0: mm. any any words of wisdom for someone considering a career change yeah i wish somebody would would have been able to
1: mentor me during my career change mm. um but for anyone wanting a career change i think the wrong advice to give would be like quit your job or get the first ticket out of there and and tell your boss exactly what you think about them and just like <laughs> speak with different people develop positive habits and strat- different strategies for your life mm-hmm. make a list of the things that inspire you and it doesn't mean you have to quit your day job you may have to you may you may have not seen the value in the current work that you're doing for example. You know maybe you need to take a course or you need to try something new or something completely different and it's all about I think figuring yourself out first mm. first and asking yourself what makes you come alive before before you're thinking about your career um I think that's Sounds interesting yeah.
0: and what's mm. your plan for the future
1: I, I don't know It's it's really yeah. difficult to think when when we were in lockdown as well, right? Like me and my boyfriend just bought a camper van. Oh which is so exciting. So my plans for this year is to do up the camper van and to go on some nice trips. Oh nice. And, and enjoy enjoy life because we've had a, a pretty hard pretty yes. hard year. A pretty hard couple of years really. Mm-hmm. And so um yeah I think we need we, we deserve to have a bit of fun.
0: Take care so of ourselves. Yeah thank you so much Taz it's been really interesting yeah, to hear your you. view about this career change where can people find you if they wanted to know more about you um okay.
1: LinkedIn,
0: yeah yeah so do they um type is it Taz economy or oh N-
1: economy.
0: that's great yeah. well thank you so much I appreciate your time
1: yeah thank you Fee thank you so much
0: you're welcome thank you for listening to this episode if you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate it, and review it on iTunes, as this can help others find it. If you'd like updates on the podcast, you can follow the pages on Instagram or Facebook by searching for Well Restorer. If you have any questions or would like to give some feedback, you can send an email to info at wellrestorer.co.uk. Thanks once again. Take care.